Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. Hello there and welcome to Examiner Sports Allianz League Review. Hurling dominates today's show and over the next half an hour or so we will hear from Walter Walsh, PM O'Sullivan and Anthony Daly as they look back on the weekend's Allianz League action. Plus, John Fogarty joins us to unravel the complexities of GAA Congress. Our first point of call today is Thurnus, where Michael Moynihan met Walter Walsh ahead of the Allianz League meeting of Tipperary and Kilkenny on Sunday. They began by speaking about Limerick's approach to yesterday's impressive win in Nolan Park and how the champions aren't resting on their laurels. They've had a strong men around the middle third and they seem to be particularly efficient there. Are they different to other teams or cliche is every team trying to win that battle in the middle of the field yeah no they definitely they're, they're really who are attacking breaks and they kind of they come up trumps that way they dropped they dropped very far down the field just to kind of swarm that area they, they had more numbers than we did um, so that's something that we need to look at um, that we're, we're, I suppose we were probably outnumbered in certain areas of the field and they were they were winning a lot of the ball because of that. So we need to see how we can counteract that. And look again, Tipperary play a different style, well, not different style, but a different, different way. And so we we'll just need to see, see how they how they're playing, and see what we can do to counteract it. But um, again, every game is different. You don't know one game is the same. So you need to be thinking on your feet on the field as well. I mean, you've been through the celebrations after and all that. Is it surprising to you that a team that or a county that has had such a long famine that they seem to be so refocused straight away. It doesn't seem to be much of a, a hangover, apparently. Yeah, I don't think many teams are like that. Maybe 10 or 15 yeah. years ago, there was more all Ireland teams coming back and jump after, after, enjoy, well. yeah, after enjoying after enjoying the, the celebrations. But it's it's kind of, that's gone so, I suppose, competitive within even the Limerick squad that the guys that want to, each other pushing each other and they're driving each other on. They all want to be on the team. And that, that, that you'd see that even when Galway won last year as well they were totally they came back in, in great shape as well and I think you you kind of have to if you, if you don't you're, you're, you're you could be the league you won't be that competitive in and then that might follow on into the championship so you kind of you just need to keep on top of things and they, they seem to have done that really well but um, again you see Dublin the football they so they, they don't um, I suppose celebrate too much. They you know they're, they're focused. They're doing their gym programs or whatever, keeping fit. And you know, that's that's kind of the way it's gone. Now there's not guys coming back after celebrating too hard. Obviously, it's disappointing to lose. But a lot of people noticed maybe Brian's interview that you know he wasn't losing the rag in public. How valuable is that kind of experience, though, fellas who've been there like last year when you had a, a poor start to the league? You know, you can turn it around. How valuable is his experience in keeping things going? Yeah, I suppose you just you just need to you need to take it every game, game on game, and, and Brian would, would definitely would definitely say that. Don't the, 
that game is finished with. Um, we'll we'll analyse it a bit to see where where we can improve. But you're looking forward to the next game, and it's kind of week on week now. For you, if you just say you were to get to a league final, you know, it's, it's every week weekend now until I think it's 24th of March or something like that is when when it finishes. So you, know, you, you don't you don't dwell on on, on these games. You know, there's you know, Tipperary is a massive challenge, and that's that's what we're looking straight towards. We're gearing our attention for straight away. That's what you have to do. You take it game by game, whether you win or whether you lose. It's always it's always the next game. The fact that the Ballyhale lads and some very high profile fellas aren't around, you know, is that a crutch? Because you know you'll be strong when you come back, or is it you know the opportunity for the fellas to come in, obviously? Stakey clean. Yeah, definitely. I think it's 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 great because when they come back, they'll freshen the whole thing up as well. And yeah, there's there's guys getting chances, and these guys are getting valuable game time. You know, even when when you start off yourself, you you know you want. I suppose it takes a while to get used to how intercounty is and how how it's played. And so there's guys really setting in well, and they're so they're making our panels stronger and stronger. And there's Competition places is getting greater and greater with the addition of some of these these younger guys who are seriously talented uh, players. So look, I think it's it's only nearly a good thing because we know we have we have guys to, that are going to come back in and so they're not they're not guaranteed to be to be starting if uh, you know, straight away when they come back in. They need to work on it. That just builds competition. That builds you know, that builds a team and a panel and a squad that we need we need to be successful. And our thanks to Walter Walsh and our own Michael Moynihan for that. We're going to stay now with all things Kilkenny. We're heading back down to Nolan Park. Patrick P.M. O'Sullivan was there for Sunday's defeat to Limerick. And what has been the reaction, Patrick, in Kilkenny to that pretty comprehensive loss to the All-Ireland champions? There's been a really strong reaction to Limerick's um, emphatic win over Kilkenny yesterday. And probably for a number of reasons over and above this actual result. Uh, you had a former Kilkenny player, Jackie Turrell, come out during the week and didn't consider that Limerick are in the top three hurling uh, counties in Ireland um, as regards prospects for 2019. Uh, I was met a Limerick friend before the game for a cup of tea and he wasn't, shall we say, best pleased with that. And I wouldn't doubt that it actually provided an extra sliver of um, encouragement uh, for Limerick. Um, but really and truly, it wasn't about any external factors. It was about Limerick coming to Nolan Park and making a, a statement as All Ireland champions, and uh, they surely did do that. Um, I mean, it, it was a, a paradoxical game in in a way, um, which I think is one of the reasons it is worrying for Kilkenny and for Kilkenny supporters because they were really competitive for thirty two minutes. Um, they were eight seven down, just a point down. Um, could have been really one or two up. Um, Kevin Kelly had missed some eminently scoreable frees. But when the Limerick um, surge came, Kilkenny didn't have any answer. And, and that's the really worrying thing. Um, because, you know, when you're um, for 30 odd minutes, when you're really competitive, and then suddenly your competitiveness just essentially collapses, uh, you do have to make certain inferences. And one of them would be about the collective. Uh, conference level of the team, um, obviously also individual uh, conference levels of some of the players, particularly of the young players. And second, about the leadership, um, the leadership capability within the team, um, because it makes no sense in one way to be so competitive for uh, that amount of time in the first half against the wind and then to come out with the wind and not to make any impact on, on Limerick. Uh, the you know, the expectation wouldn't have been that they would have overturned a nine-point deficit, but 
I think there would have been the expectation that they might have got it down to four or five and see where where it took them if they could have established a bit of momentum. But the opposite happened. Um, Limerick came out, took over the third quarter, and I think I saw in one report, you know, they outscored Kilkenny between the thirty third and forty seventh minutes uh, by two nine two to a point, um, at a fourteen point lead. So at that stage, it looked like. Limerick were going to win by say nineteen points rather than than nine. Um, Kilkenny rallied, but you know, I think it had more to do with Limerick, you know, clutching down and thinking that it extracted enough out of the tank, and that they the game won, and you know, um, the game tapered out to a large extent. Now, for all the talk and all the hype, where exactly does this win leave Limerick? Where does it leave Limerick? I think you know it's it's good old fashioned man management we're seeing from John John Kiley and his colleagues. I mean, they essentially. Started with a whole new spine to the team, new full-back, new centre-back, uh, one new midfielder, new centre-forward, new full-forward from the team that started last August's All-Ireland Final against Galway. So he's doing two things, I think, John Kiley, by, by, by this um, approach. He's um, given extra responsibility to players who have been you know, on the, on the wing or in the corner or maybe not starting. Um, and he's asking them to take on responsibility and develop their game first and foremost, but he's also creating other candidates for his um, central spine. Um, he, he, he didn't have to start Keane Lynch and Declan Hannan, um, but their replacements uh, in um, centre-back and centre-field, Dan Morrissey and uh, Robbie Hanley did well. And, uh, you know, he's just getting a bigger spread of options and he's, I would imagine, going to have fairly tasty training sessions down the line on, on the back of, of those extra options. So it's just good old-fashioned, um, if you like, man management and panel management. Mm. Now, I noted the headline on Paul Keane's piece in today's Irish Examiner that Limerick raised the bar. Have they tweaked their tactics at all since last August? Limerick played really well and when they had to play really well to win the game and not just win it, I suppose, kind of comprehensively seize it. Um, you know, they play against the wind. I mean, they were, they, they were different than in the first half. Um Pretty orthodox in the first half. Um, obviously, the half forwards um, coming coming deep and um, picking up ball, but that was much more prevalent in the second half. As John Kiley said afterwards, um, you know maybe their their game is more more uh, um, suited uh, to nearly to playing against the wind, but they, they play this possession game. But I, I would make a point. We we talk about technique and and and, and tactics and and all the rest of it, but. You know the fundamental uh, aspect in a game of hurling uh, occurs when you can get your own uh, half-back line dominant, and everything flows from that. And whatever your approach is, if your half-backs are dominant, everything is going to fall much more easily into place. And that's what happened in the second half, in the third quarter. Um, Limerick were able to play this almost possession game, winning it and moving it from player to player in a support position, moving the ball up the field. As well, they had. Um, uh, Aaron Gillan um, as de facto full forward very close to the goal with the two corner forwards dropping out into space vacated by um, wing forwards who would um, move deeper down the field um, so they were able to get ball into either side of uh, Gillan there was space there and that was uh, really effective and he was really good although Conor Delaney the Kenny fullback stuck as they would say manfully to his task um, but you know whatever way Limerick were going to play in either half it was always going to be um, founded on the dominance of their halfbacks, and they were just they out muscled the Kilkenny players. Their their touch was very good, 
Um, they were dominant really um, after that 30 minute spell in the first half they were dominant in all the ways that counted and everything else flowed from that Now looking at some of the pictures today Brian Cody looked pretty animated on the sideline yesterday how big of a setback was this to his rebuilding process? For Kilkenny as I've said there's there's probably a question mark about um, the confidence levels in this group Uh, there's probably a question mark now about some guys I mean You've had James Marr being taken off three um, league matches in a, in a row, which is unfortunate. I mean, it looked last year like he was going to have a, a you know, on the basis of his 2008 performances, it looked like he was going to have a really strong 2019 and that you could ink him in for, for one uh, half of midfield partnership. At the moment, that's not happening. Hopefully for him, it, it, you know, he'll turn a corner, but the form is not there at the moment. Um, Conor Fogarty's part of midfield taken off at half time. Um, so midfield is a real problem area for Kilkenny now at the moment. Um, yes, you've got Richie Hogan hopefully to come back in. You've got Killian Buckley to come back in. You've got the Ballyhill contingent. But there are certain aspects of the Kilkenny game that are, that are kind of worrying. And it might be that while it seemed that in 018 Kilkenny had improved a lot on 017, becoming a top six team again, winning the National League, putting it up to Limerick strongly in the All-Ireland quarter-final. You would wonder if that was to read too much into those positive performances and maybe not enough into less positive, uh, less flattering performances, you know, against Wexford in, 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 in the round-robin, against Galway in the round-robin, against Galway in the replayed um, Leinster final. I don't know at the moment, but I think any po- supporters probably had a little bit of Optimism about an improvement on 018 and 019 after the first two rounds in the league, I think that's been very much deflated by yesterday. Uh, and Purcellin alone returning won't um, you know, cure some of the problems. Um, they still don't have a sort of secure way of you know, using their own puck outs. I mean, we saw yesterday the second goal came from a misfired... Um, short puck out, um, they seem to find it difficult to deal with a team that plays with a, a, a lot of people deep. Uh, you know, they, they found it difficult against Wexford in the Walsh Cup, against Kevin Pony's sweeper. They found it difficult in the second half yesterday with um, so many uh, of the uh, Limerick players um, playing in their own half of the field. So this is something with, with which they'll have to get to grips if they're going to progress, not just in 2019, but in the next few years. Um and it is. It has to be, you know, not just in terms of the short term, um, which is this um, upcoming Leinster round robin and, and the All Ireland Championship. If can he make it into it, um, but in the next couple of years, because you know Richie Hogan will be thirty one in in August, TJ will be thirty two in November, and do we see candidates putting up their hand to eventually, you know, uh, replace them as the main men in attack? I mean, hopefully um, Hogan and, 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 and Reid can hold on for a decent other couple of years. But are we seeing people who are, you know, going to, down the line, replace them? Hard to see it at the moment, to be honest. No, hectic weekend of hurling, not just in the Allianz League, but the uh, Munster post-primary schools finals were on on Saturday. The uh, Harty Cup and the Tom Cullum Cup uh, final, all Cork affairs. Over 7,000 people in Parky Rin. Anthony Daly joins us now on the line. Anthony, before we talk about these matches, just want to talk about your memories of the Harty Cup with St. Flannans. Well, they're fading fast, Cullum. <laughs> no, it's great. I was always, once you went in there as a first year, 
Shannon's were great at the time, you know, they're, they're always contenders for the hearty, so all you really wanted to do, your ambition for the five years is uh, to get an okay leave and but definitely make the hearty cup team, you know, so uh, and that wasn't easy obviously because at the time Clans had a lot of borders and uh, a lot of good hurlers in those borders as well. So um yeah, you just had to knuckle down, didn't really make much of an impression the first two, three years, you know. Uh, sob I think an under 15 team corner forward on a Dean Ryan team uh, but played well for my club in 86 and we won the minor A championship and I was playing corner back and there was a bit of something like that that uh, went up, gone up to the first trials and put back corner back and you know from there I, I did okay so we had a great team you know we would five Limerick minors a tip minor and everybody else was a care minor so uh, it was a serious team yeah nobody came kind of near us to be honest uh, we had no battles at all we we, we eased our way through it, if you like. Uh, but it was fantastic. It was my first time, I, I will say, that I ever felt real nerves was the morning of the Harty final. We actually beat Middleton in that Harty final. And, you know, Middleton had beaten us in the 15, had beaten us in the Dean Ryan. So Middleton had fair pedigree, but I actually really felt nerves that morning for the first time in, in, a, in a kind of a real way, if you know what I mean, Colm. Um, you know, I kind of didn't want to eat a bit of breakfast and stuff like that. that Normally, no, that would never have affected me, but uh, the, yeah, you realise the magnitude of that day, uh, that morning. And that leads me nicely into a very nice column today from Bunlow Grady in the Examiner about the importance for Cork hurling going forward to have success at secondary schools level. And, you know, he was making the point that young lads, this is the first time they'll ever experience this kind of day, this kind of atmosphere, this kind of crowd, this kind of pressure. Do you think that you yourself probably improved as a result of that experience? Oh, without a doubt. And I would read an article from Don Lowe during the week as well where he said, you know, if he didn't if he didn't win the heart, he didn't know if he was going to be hurling. Like, but yeah, I, I, I saw it as a, you know, I had gone into Flannans as a first year, second year when they had those great teams in 82 and 83 and fantastic battles with the North Monastery, Teddy McCarthy on the team. And, you know, they're just amazing games we brought and maybe 14 buses from Fennens would go and God you just wanted to be out there and yeah I think Donald is right on that I mean every lad that was there yesterday from Middleton hopefully from CBC that they, they, they might chuck away the rugby all together and can we get them hurling full time but no uh, that they, but they will see it as a, a, a really really special day a day any kind of young fella pertaining to be a bit cool <laughs> would want to be on that team and uh, yeah absolutely uh, we, we, there's no doubt about it um, I think I was driven by the exploits of others and I'd like to think that some lads saw us and they were driven by our exploits so yeah it is it is a huge huge and, want to win but it's a huge want to be in the final of as well and all that goes that way with that and the fact that it was two Cork teams uh, Hamilton High School from Bandon and uh, St Francis Rochester in the B final as well but I, I suppose Anthony, the the thing to preach, I suppose, is patience for Cork fans. You know, it'll be another few years before we'll be seeing these lads moving up the grades, up to under twenty and up to senior. Oh, that's it, sure. You you're just going to have to wait. But you know, I would have even said it in the commentary there, Colum, um, on Saturday, like having been involved with Limerick um, two years ago and for three previous years, then. Um, like Cork were always the standard bearers at those competitions you know in general they had the best team um, so like it's not just happening out of a shot it might take a bit longer for it to happen in Harty Cup and I suppose not Monastery were the big 
the big players really, uh, especially Fern Ferris closed down as well. And so the mine I suppose has gone through different times. Um, so it leads a school like Middleton, and indeed a traditional rugby school like like uh, CBC to come out there and and get to the final. But look, at I think Cork Hurling is a very good place. Cork GA maybe is not, uh, but that'll be sorted no doubt. And I think players don't get too concerned about that. There's so much talk about it, but I think players. It bothers them, you know, they get a chance to get on that blood and bandage and they'll do anything for that. So, look, yeah, this hearty is a once-off game. It was a great occasion, the B final as well. Um, you know, I remember it in Clare one year uh, that um, Shannon Comprehensive came up and took on St. Fallon's in the hearty final. I think it was 89 or 90. Um, you could say it's that late, 95, but I don't think too many of the players were on the field. Uh, 95, a few of them. No, it's the overall work that's been done, I think, and that has been done and is being done. And that's, look at that's like Cork were, were six points up on Limerick last year, you know, coming down the straight. And, uh, you know, Nicky Quaid's piece of goalkeeping on Shem Sanity, I suppose, got Limerick to the final. If Cork were in the final, maybe they'd have won it. And people wouldn't be saying we have to wait for these Harky Cup players because mm. if you have to do that, uh, it doesn't work out like that always. I mean, our team wasn't touched, as I said, in Harky. I'd say about two of, the, two of us, myself and Pat Heffern and him for Limerick, me for Clare. Fergie too, he, but Fergie was only a sub on that hearty team. Uh, Fergie made it for Clare, obviously. Uh, Alan Neville, another sub on that hearty team, he played for Clare, but not too many more. Do you know, and it's not, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no definite answers as to why they do and they don't come through. Do you know, it's, uh, it's just these few years ahead now are vital, like colleges and where do they go and is there a hurling culture and all that. So, no, I think it's the work overall to me. It's work that's been done. Like Cork have, have had very good minor teams last couple of years, a bit unlucky, um, and very good development squads during their 21s. Okay, you'd say deservedly beat by Tipperary final, but I'd say they played that final. Do you know? That, and that's hurling. You know, that's hurling for you. I mean, look at Clare played, played the arse off Cork, if you like, uh, in the first half. They went down the tunnel uh, level. So that's hurling. Sometimes you don't quite get what you deserve out of it, but. Uh, no, it's it's another sign for the future for Cork and I, I do think they're in a very strong position. Okay, leads us nicely into the Allianz League game between Cork and Clare on Saturday night. You were there on RT duty. Uh, the headline in today's examiner, Horgan punishes Clare in discipline. Sums it all up for yeah. you? Yeah, absolutely sums it up, you know. Um, and give him those frees and he scored them. I mean, he scored 15 of them, you know, 15 points and frees. Like, you just have to say, you know... Uh, that you won't be with too many games if you're going to give away 15 points of free. Unless extraordinary stuff happens at the other end. Added to that, then at the other end, we did in a soft goal. Uh, maybe question was the goalie was the goalie fouled. Uh, tight one. Uh, but we also missed about three, four, maybe very scoreable frees, which Peter Duggan would normally score. Column. Um, he 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 would be a very good free taker, and he had an off night. And fair enough, they took him off and all that goes with that. But look. Um, Dougie, Dougie get the radar back in again, and there's no doubt about that. It won't be a, it won't be a, a confidence crisis for him or anything like that. But when you do miss those, concede a soft goal, and then concede frees, fifteen in total that are scored, you'll be finding it very hard to win. To be honest with you, um, they, they just I thought with about ten minutes to go, there was only one winner, and that was Cork. Um, I suppose. Just had a quick word to James Hardy out in the field. I think Marty was going interviewing him for something. So he'd him over near the, the RTE kind of desk, if you like. Um, 
pouring rain and Marty kept the umbrella over his own head and left poor Jamie out in the rain like you know he was watching the hair I'd say you know but, but uh, no I had a quick word to Jamie I'd know him and uh, I said she must have been a great dressing up to be in at half time I said you know level and you probably shouldn't have been oh 100% he says she said I said, couldn't come believe where we were and sure everyone tried to drive it on from there then and that that was in my head around the half time uh, period as well that Cork would, would say let's just have a chance to kick that, kick start our season here. You know they're fouling us. They're not. They're not getting goals. Clare never really threatened goals either. Which is they're the two things Clare will want to work on. Uh, taking away from it will be you know stop deal discipline. They did do that last year for the championship, and also you know create goal chances. That'll be the two things I would say you'll be bringing into training this mm. week. You had a very... two home games Clare. You know they've Wexford and they've Limerick. So. There is a chance of ticking inside Nennis if they can get their act together and the record is very strong, obviously, in this. You had a very interesting piece uh, today, Anthony, in terms of tackling and clear tackling their, the high free count. But what exactly, you know, to, to break down the tackle, what exactly were Clare doing wrong and what did they need to do right? Sure, a lot of them, Cullum, they shouldn't even be tackles at all. Like, you know... Um, there was no need to tackle and, and the next thing there was two guys going in around the guy three at times and to be honest like that just leads to you know six pairs of arms around and maybe throw three hurlies in with those six pairs of arms then and sure any little overstepping the mark the ref is going to punish it and I, I thought that went on too often I mean the one on the one on Alan Cadigan where he tried to break out towards the sideline and like, two clear lads sandwiched him with their legs if you like so came right across him and uh sort of stuff like uh, to just look at the video and they say right the 15 Horgan freeze and you might say three of them yeah okay you did the right thing you went in for it okay you were blown but you'll definitely say 12 now what could we have done different there lads and you get the players to answer you, you know? and they'll, they'll be the first to say yeah I went in too high you might have the other lads saying that wasn't a free <laughs> but in general lads are good to you know put up the hand and, and, and to say you know, it was a major problem for, for Clare over the last four or five years and certainly last summer there was a definite uh, help towards the Clare cause in that that they were more disciplined, they were more clinical in the tackle. That You know, uh, I think Joe Schmidt there has a, has a little phrase he uses, you know, Ireland's tackle count was the highest when he took over in the Six Nations and uh, reduced it to the lowest within a year and, and like what they talk about is smart edge. Still keep your edge. Do you know, you need your edge, you need to tackle hard but you must tackle smart, you know, so that smart edge, I think Claire would need to buy into that big time, and um, some of the ones, you know, a little tug back in the jersey when I'm feeling maybe he's down on goal, you know, so you can't really blame a guy for that, you know, that's taking one for the team, really, you get a yellow, and uh, you're, you're preventing a goal, I suppose, in one way, but, um, no, loads to work on, and uh, John Myler must have been delighted with, with the sight of Patrick Hogan coming out, sending over a free puck. Okay, we're going to turn our attention to uh, Allianz League action on Sunday. Wexford, Tipperary down in Wexford Park. Liam Sheedy, not a happy bunny afterwards, Anthony. Rightly so? Yeah, yeah. I only saw the, the recorded coverage of it now, um, Cullum. Maybe, um, I don't know, I, I didn't see too much wrong with it, to be honest. Uh, I thought Wexford very liked to did against uh, uh, Limerick. They, they fought and fought and fought for everything. Um they're in a great position though after the match but 
I thought they, they really stayed in the game. Like Limerick looked to be that bit better than them. At times, Tip looked to be that bit better than them, but they hung in there. They never gave up, no matter what way the scoreline went. And uh, I thought they got their rewards uh, down down the stretch. They were lucky not to get them against Limerick. Uh, obviously, Conor McDonald hit the post that day, but no, I just felt, you know, they'd have been disappointed with the goal they let in. Um, but they, they worked tremendously hard. They did the same in Cork uh, two weeks ago. On, on dreadful conditions um, so no, um, they'd be delighted with that because you know you're looking to go into the championship and make your home place a bit of a fortress and, and uh, that's two wins uh, now they've, they've ratcheted it up and also played very well at home against Limerick so you know, I, I think and, and like you have to remember as well Lee Chin is only coming out as a sub in these games um, so when he's really ready to start if he could have a huge season very disappointing last year so if he had a huge season, that really gives them an extra dimension to their game. Do you think Davies approaching the league differently this year than he did 12 months ago? If he listens to me, he would anyway, because I keep saying they should go. So he definitely won't be taken too serious. But I, I, I can't see why it wouldn't be good for Wexford to go and have a right go at the league and try and win it. Uh, they're in a good position now to maybe you know be in this closing stages of it. Uh, still, still two tough games to go, but uh, no, they... they four points on the board so you know one win probably puts them through um, and I, I, I would love to see them going for the league and, and really saying we want it I don't think it'll do any harm at all going into a, um, because personnel wise they've been down bodies the same as everybody else so if you can be winning uh, in games like that you know and, and then doing your business there it's, it bodes well for you know what like Ian Bourne hitting the freeze yesterday you know that would be kind of a new frame Um that kind of thing, Jim Lakeith, I thought, was outstanding in the middle of the field. Um, you know, things like that, like against Cork, you know, they, they were down a couple, they had to send an off against Wexford. So, you know, I would say Wexford would, would take a lot of that. For Tip, slightly worried, you know, you'd be slightly worried that a whole pile of young lads are not, not starting to appear all of a sudden. Yes, you know, is there a bit of pace? That was generally, you know, what I was hearing of fellas last night is, the tip pace is gone now. It is winter ground and all that, but you wonder, is there a yard or half a yard gone from the likes of Bonner, uh, you know, Noel McGrath, you know, even Jason Ford, Nile O'Mara, is Shane inside. Is, is, are they just time catching up with them and, and uh, they're at it a long, long time in fairness to them and, uh, you know, is there, a, is there a lack of pace around that team that, that needs to be introduced and I presume there's options there with the 21s and the minors the last few years. Now, a quick mention of the sponsors of our podcast. Alliance Insurance support people in communities throughout Ireland and have sponsored the Alliance Leagues and Alliance Coming to Munskull for over 27 years. Go to alliance.ie today for a home, motor or pet quote. Alliance. Now, the annual GA Congress gets underway on Friday in White's Hotel in Wexford. Uh, John Fogarty will be down there for us. Uh, first of all, John, what are the motions most of interest this year? 40 motions up for debate column. Um, a lot of them housekeeping, a lot of them that won't really uh, resonate with um, the, the, the general public, but there certainly are a few that will, uh, namely the Donegal motion, that was, uh, which is the penultimate motion. Um, to be heard on Saturday in Wexford. That's uh, that uh, no team is allowed to nominate Crow Park as their home venue in the Super 8. Now, this is going to 
be it's going to be very interesting to see how this uh, debate goes because obviously Donegal mightn't have mentioned Dublin in the, the motion but it is all about Dublin let's be honest their de facto home venue has become um, Crow Park and their familiarity with it now has upset a lot of people how the top table see this will be interesting because John Horn speaking last year uh, mentioned that you know, this wouldn't be an issue if Dublin weren't so successful. And he's right. There's no denying about that. But uh, it really is sticking in the craw of some counties now. Um, so that one will probably be one of the strongest ones of the day. Obviously, there's other ones, uh, reactionary motions from incidents and situations that happened last year, like the Lee Miller motion that would, um, that's Central Council now being given the power to make available GA property held by uh, provinces or counties but not clubs for activities other than those controlled by the association so that basically means that you know if if another, another proposal like the Lee Miller charity game um, is made to the GA this year they won't have their hands tied uh, by the rules uh, they will be able to go ahead and give the green light to to the game or any charitable game like that um, that would incorporate obviously the, the, the Rugby World Cup uh, bid if I, the RFU are to go for it again in, in 2027 but that remains to be seen um, there's a new bridge or nowhere motion that's, that really clarifies the, the the powers and the the authority of the Central Competitions Control Committee in terms of um, deciding uh, home venues for um, senior inter-county games in both the Lee McCarthy and Sam McGuire all, all senior inter-county uh, championship games um, that's just given them a, a more of a clarification um, again more tidying up there's a little bit of a relaxing of the training camp ban rule um, obviously four counties uh, oh, sorry apologies three counties were caught out Um if you got away with it, you might argue, or certainly there was no evidence found to uh, to, to prove that they had broken um, the, the, the inter-county um, training camp ban, which basically says that you can't stage a training camp beyond 10 days from a, a championship game or 17 from an All-Ireland final. Um, there's a little bit of a relaxing of that now. Um, in the sense that you know, um, it's now going to be regarded as something that involves an overnight stay. The word weekend had been used previously in that, um, and there's going to be a, a kind of a, a, a phased winter into county training band that had been in place for the last four or five years, from what I can recall. But that's now going to be changed on an annual basis. And then one of the other motions that obviously will pick up a lot of interest is Kilkenny's proposal to move the All Ireland finals to September or to give the, uh, the Central Council um, the authority to push them back there, so as to create another pocket of space after the provincial uh, hurling championship, provincial football championship. So that's um, club club championship games to go ahead obviously Kilkenny are well used to staging club championship games after after um, um, inter-county senior games but they haven't been able to do that uh, certainly not last year anyway with the new schedule and the new uh, structure of the championship um, so that will be it, it, it'll be interesting to see how, how that goes because there is a kind of a counter motion to that previously um, where the central uh, council are proposing that um, the All-Ireland finals be decided uh, as re- in terms of the number of the week of the year as opposed to what month it is so um, an All-Ireland football final could fall in August it could fall in September just depending on on the on the week um, on, the, on the number of the week of the year And how do you think they will fare? Um, the Donegal motion in terms of how that's going to fare 
I, it, it, I, 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 I think there will be a bit of a push against this in the sense that um, Dublin have been very good to the coffers of the GA, and as much as that, there would be suggestions in in the past that, or certainly in the recent past, that um, the, the, their attractiveness has waned in the early part of the Leinster Championship obviously where it's just regarded that they're going to sail through even some of the Super 8 games there's almost a, an understanding that they're going to you know progress no doubt in fact if anything the, the, the biggest attraction for Dublin supporters at the moment is Dublin on the road but this is hitting at the heart of it. number one it's hitting Dublin um, and there might be a bit of blowback against that and in terms of the fact that Dublin have been so good and, and so lucrative to the GEA, um, there, there might be a concern that if the Dublin are to be moved out to smaller attendances, if they have to nominate a venue like Portlaoise or Turles or something like that as their as their home venue, um, the, 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 there might be issues there. Um, although Donegal certainly will have support from some counties in the Western Seaboard, um, from what from my understanding, um. It's it's going to be a tight one. Obviously, it needs sixty percent. Um, in terms of the Lee Miller motion, the Newbridge and Orr motion, I think those are going to sail through. And usually, when you know, it's 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 very difficult to see central council motions not going through. You know, it's 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 very they're very few and far between them not going through. Obviously, the training camp motion, I think, might go through. There might be a proposal or an amendment for one or two of the counties that got caught out um, um, last year. But no, I think that will go through. Um, and then the, the, there's other there's there's a lot of ones as I said to you uh, from from Crow Park that just will will get the the supporters no denying that because you know the the the, the canvassing will have been done uh, as we speak probably or certainly as we get closer to um, Congress and White's Hotel. Now we've spoken about what is on the agenda, what isn't on the agenda this weekend what isn't on the agenda um, what, what is surprising that isn't on the agenda is the tier championship but clearly um, John Horn who has said that he fully supports the idea and wants to see it implemented they want more time so I think we might see that at a special congress later in the year that special congress will also um, the, the mo- other motions that will be tabled to that will include the experimental football rules that are being played at the moment. Don't be surprised if we you, you see something added like ruling out the back pass or a back uh, a backward kick pass, backward hand pass to the goalkeeper. I think that has, as much as we haven't seen it in, in operation, I think that has generated a lot of support in the last couple of weeks. So I think that might be be tabled as much as the, the, forward, um, the forward slide line kick uh, between the two thirty meter lines, um, the the sin bin obviously, I still think that has to be worked out because there's definitely abuse of the sin bin in the sense that uh, there's so much opportunity to time waste because it's exactly ten minutes from the time the person has been um, removed from the field. Um, the offensive mark looks like it could be onto a winner although you would like to see that I, certainly I would like to see that just restricted to the 20 metre line be, uh, the, the ball being caught inside the 20 metre line because I think there's uh, a lot of cheap marks being made outside um, the 20 metre line and the 45 um, that's something definitely I think that has to be improved on and then obviously the 20 metre kick uh, for goalkeepers 
as much as we haven't seen Stephen Cluxon do that yet, um, hopefully he'll be back in action now in the next couple of weeks. And you'd like to see how the best in the business uh, treats that. But that looks like t- it's going to be on a, a win or two. So the fact that the tier championship and the experimental rules aren't on the agenda will surprise a couple of people. And then another thing that surprised me is that there was definitely a mention that... Um, the, the, the GA were going to look at tightening up some of the the sideline uh, uh, the, the sideline issues that obviously was seen in Kerry and Tyrone last year. We were told there was going to be a ro- ro- rule coming to Congress before Christmas about that, but that hasn't been seen. And and then I think what surprised some people as well is that the the, the changes to the hurling league um, didn't need the backing of uh, central council. Oh, sorry, the, the backing of Congress. They they got the thumbs up from central council, so we're going to see that obviously change um, next year and we have this situation where we have a relegation playoff in a couple of weeks where there's not going to be any relegation it's only the the losers or the winners whatever it's only going to dictate which group they go into next year um, which seems a little bit silly but that that is the way I don't think there's going to be huge surprises. This is obviously John Horne's first Congress it's it's a first obviously for Tom Ryan as well Um, Obviously, the GA court had a good bit of controversy last year with the whole Liam Miller situation, with the whole Newbridge situation, and then the ticket prices um, recently. Although you look at some of the crowds that have been coming to the games, certainly in Nolan Park yesterday, and you're thinking, you know, um, you know, there, there doesn't seem to be any issue there. But I don't think the issue is with hurling. I think the issue is with football in terms of um, attendances. And I think that the, the ticket prices, the proof of the pudding will be in in the, the height of the summer and we, where we see how the attendances for the football are going because um, the, those t- ticket prices they just seem... Uh, they're badly timed uh, for football anyway whatever and you can understand where the GA come from in, t- in terms of the money that they're trying to raise but it just seems like bad timing after what was one of the most one of the, certainly one of the poorest football championships in a long time but I don't think these we don't I think Tom Ryan he's still in a honeymoon period in the sense that he's still getting his feet under the table it's the biggest job in Irish sport I don't think anyone's going to stand up from um it's going to stand up and and give out or complain. Um, there might be. I don't think we're going to hear too much about Porky Cueve. I'd be surprised to be honest with you. Um, obviously that was another controversy. Um, and as much as the bill isn't as much, uh, isn't uh, as wide or as, as suggested by Peter McKenna, he was obviously looking at the worst case scenario. So, you know, let's see if that that total price rises above one hundred million. I don't think it would surprise anybody. Um, but no, I think it, it it's going to run pretty smoothly. This is a this is a first one, as I said to you, for John Horn, a first one for for Tom Ryan. So, not that they will be given a pass, but. They will be given. There will be an understanding there that the the guys are are just getting to still getting to grips with um, the position. As I say, Tom Ryan isn't in the job a year. John Horn is only in the job uh, a year now. So um, next year might be a different situation if um, certain things haven't improved on. But um, no, they, they, I don't expect anybody to be to be claim, complaining too much. And that's it for this week's edition of the Examiner Sport Alliance League Review. As always, thanks to all our guests for joining us on the programme, to Walter Walsh, Patrick P.M. O'Sullivan, Anthony Daly and to John Fogarty. And as always, a bull of boss as well for Larry Ryan, who produced and edited the show. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Just search for Examiner Sport. And don't forget to leave a rating and a review. We always welcome your feedback. 
You can also listen on SoundCloud and Stitcher or find us on Twitter, Facebook or irishexaminer.com forward slash podcast. Talk to you again next week. Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 